0: Why are you here? I'm looking for a great warrior. So what kind of warrior have you been? The way of the
1: warrior. He needed a warrior's mind. Clearly
0: this was all planned by warriors. of Warriors, now is the time. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Shannon.
0: And you're listening to the Warrior Impact Podcast. Are live. So this is a uh, warrior of impact podcast. We are streaming live in the Facebook group and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, Michael and I'm Shannon. And so we're going to jump right in. Um, let's do a little recap uh, of last week. because I think there was so much that we went through um, in listening back to it. There is. So much more that I realized that I could have gone into. But I'm glad that we kept it very streamlined in that sense, because there's a lot of offshoot stories that I've thought about that I'm sure will come up at some point. But wanted to get your main takeaway, Shannon, as to um, what you felt. We've obviously known each other for a number of years. This is probably the first time that you've heard my story laid out in that way.
1: Yeah, I definitely learned some things that I didn't know. And I think the main takeaway for me is strength to get through everything um, and the strength that your parents, you know, I kind of look at this from the perspective of a parent because I am one. And just thinking about, you know, the strength that your parents must have had to just keep fighting for you, advocating for your health and uh, what you must have gone through to advocate for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think that ultimately that's what brings us to where we are now. It's the ability and willingness to keep pushing forward. And I think that's sometimes that we uh, confuse that. Um, having the ability to do something is only fulfilled when you have the willingness to do it. Right. I had the strength to put the lungs into my breath and and keep pushing to stay alive but I also had to be willing to do it. And that's not to, uh, go down the path of giving up, you know, the people that, you know, when their fight is over, they give up. Um, because I think there's some beauty in that that's recognizing and coming to peace with their situation. Uh, but the willingness to push forward and drive, um, it takes an immense amount of strength. And the story this week, so it's funny when I was preparing for these segments originally when I laid them out I kind of had this idea that the first one would be this really emotional roller coaster and then this one would be the oh the the sunshine and rainbows of how things come together and in planning for this I realize um when you have like life is tough in general life is hard And it's very easy to see your life in this uh, duality of good times and bad times. And we oftentimes recognize the good times to overlap some of the things that we don't want to think about. And we recognize the bad times as indicators of what could happen. And so really, we, we need to recognize all of them in that process. And so with the hope of being able to give this great triumphant comeback story, what I'm realizing is, well, what I've learned is to embrace being the warrior, but that doesn't mean that the opportunities to become a warrior and to show that strength just went away.
1: And so it's ongoing. Into,
0: yes, absolutely. So as I get into uh, really the path to becoming the warrior, that that I am, and really how we've created the warrior of impact. It's not as sunshine or rainbows as uh, as it would almost prefer to be. But that just means that we're well equipped to be able to confront the things that come up as they do.
1: Well, I think I think sometimes we look at life. And we don't realize that really and truly every day is a battle, right? To get up and do what you're supposed to do, to meet your expectations as a parent, as an employee, or as a business owner. You know, we all have all these roles in life daughter, uh, mother, sister, friend. And it's a lot to meet the expectations of all of those roles every single day.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that we do tend to try to play all those roles and then what we usually put on display is the rose-colored glasses approach to how our life is i'm using air quotes for those of you just listening on the podcast Um, (laughs) because i think that we want to have our life look a certain way and feel a certain way and so it's easy to recognize the good But it's only in identifying the reason why the hard or the bad is there can we get more good days. Now, for me, a bulk of my shit that I've dealt with is health stuff or it is the result of health stuff or it is something that is causing me to stress out and then making the the health stuff come back up. And that's just a matter of like, something that I've had to deal with. It's a different type of strength, but it's the type of strength that I've been able to process. The caveat to that is like we talked about last week is not becoming the martyr, not becoming the victim, removing the statement that I'm the king of adversity and just saying, I'm strong enough to get through this because this doesn't own me. This does not identify with me. This does not represent me. I'm the person who's getting through the battle. I'm not the person who always is in battle.
1: I think that that's that's a powerful statement and we talked about that on our first episode too of how to kind of be more present and not consider yourself in a passive term such as uh such as survivor victim right
0: right we are a warrior we are equipped like, I think it comes down to fear a lot. And I truly believe that we have all the instruments at our disposal to get through our fears. It's a matter of time for us. It's a matter of, for us to be um, internally prepared to face that fear.
1: And it's not it's not something that happens, like, instant. It's yeah. every small steps, um, introspection, small steps, recognizing what you are facing and how you can overcome it.
0: Right. I do believe that once you tap into your inner strength, your inner warrior, then it gives you that strength to face all fears. Because it's uh, it, it's what we normally do is we try to tackle one fear at a time, one discomfort at a time. And what happens is we empty one tank to fill another. And, and the goal is to really be able to look at it as a whole and look at your life as a whole and say, I'm strong enough. Let me find my pacing. become a really big fan of like understanding our pace with the world, timing our ability to say, I don't have enough energy. I don't have enough grit or enough desire to handle this right now. That's where I think grace comes in. And then we allow ourselves to find that pace that works for us. How much can you put on your plate? How much is really worth to you? How much do you want to dedicate to this or that? Because we're also spread thin. We've got we've got lives that we have to live. We've got children, we've got careers, we have, you know, activities that we want to get into. We've got our health to take care of. We have doctor's appointments, we have school functions. There's a million things that pulls in every direction. You know, then you have the world around you and all the current conflict, whatever it is at the moment. And, and so your emotions are pulled one way. Your desires are pulled another way. Your time is pulled another way. And the goal really is to find the balance that works for you. And that's where, Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries matter 1000%.
1: And also remembering to give yourself grace because there are going to be days when you just can't process all that. And those are days that you need to show yourself some grace and you need to just realize that I need to rest. I need to disconnect. I need to stop being this person who has this perfect life. You know, we often put that on to other people and inwardly we feel like we're failing. And so sometimes you have to have that ability to give yourself some grace and say, today, I'm going to just take care of me.
0: A hundred percent. So that actually segues perfectly into what I want to talk about today. So grace is something that took me a very long time to understand And in hindsight, I recognize that I gave myself grace almost as a default of a last resort. So even the intention behind it wasn't the one that was really serving me. So in 2011, I was still living up in Cincinnati. It's where me and my uh, ex-wife and my daughter moved. Um, We got separated. I stayed up there for a while and I was uh, working um, as a manager for uh, Chipotle. And late one night, I passed out, got rushed to the emergency room, and they recognized that I was going back into heart failure. And so as a last resort, I knew that up, you know, being up there, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have really any friends. I didn't have any family up there. It was, you know, I lived a couple of miles from my, you know, now ex-wife, and I was trying to take care of my daughter. And it was a moment where I had to say, you have to take care of yourself to take care of her. And I made the hard decision of moving back to North Carolina and it devastated me, but I knew that if I didn't, uh, she wouldn't have the life that she deserves. And so it was very much a not about me decision, but at the same time recognize it was really my only option.
1: Right. And also, you know, a dad that is, away is better than no dad at all
0: right so i still i mean i we talked all the time we you know facetime i mean i've bought you know countless tablets and you know her i bought her cell phone make sure that we always have that opportunity for communication and so i moved down here and that transition was really hard on me um i had a lot of dad guilt a lot of parent guilt i didn't know what it was going to look like um and I think that that is where we oftentimes bog down and make bad decisions. We make decisions for now that are prescited or like, you know, like are trying to figure out something in the future. Like we can't make the decisions now based off how we're going to feel in 10 years about it all the time. Like certain decisions you have to just get to go with in the moment. I need to fix this right now. But it also doesn't mean I have to do the like I can't do the work now. And then want the results for 10 years now. Right. After, you know, again, coming back to the pacing. So I started working at, um, you know, found found a decent job, started working there. And within a year had a great opportunity come my way. And I made the jump from the restaurant industry at the time I was managing a country club, moved from that to, uh, do an insurance. And, It was a really great opportunity, if nothing else, because it introduced me to the world of business networking and I fell in love with networking. I was at networking events four to five nights a week. Um, A lot of the people listening to this podcast probably know me from a networking event that we met. A lot of the people in our uh, Warriors of Impact coaching group probably met me from a networking event that I attended. Uh, Then I started to throw my own events. I started to link up with some of the other people in the area. And um, I remember in the chamber winning an award like King of Networking. Because I just, I embedded in that. And so even though like I wasn't the greatest insurance salesperson, it was an opportunity to get me in front of the next big opportunity of something that I really enjoyed. And so I have always prided myself on listening. As much as I like to talk, I really uh, pride myself on being able to listen and really hear uh, what people are saying. And at these events, I would really focus on their pain points. And almost every single person, now this is back in, 2013. So we are starting to come out of that uh, economic crash. People are starting to show up as entrepreneurs again, and business owners are really starting to stay focused on how to grow their business, but also then how to compete with some of these new businesses that are coming in, the big box stores. And what I kept hearing was small businesses have no way to get their voice heard. There's no marketing equivalent for small business owners to compete with these large businesses. And so I put my thinking cap on and this is when we met. Um, And I started really reaching out to all the people that I was meeting at networking events to just learn more. I knew nothing about digital marketing. Like 2014, I knew nothing about it. Although I realized like, nah, this is where it needs to happen. This is where the business world is going. And so I, I created like a round table and I brought together everyone that I've met at a... Um, networking event that really just impressed me. And I knew that they knew what they were talking about. And I said, if I start a company that serves this, will you act as that you know thing? And really, so that's when we started modern Renaissance marketing, which was that holistic agency made up of um, multiple facets of media consultants that would take on their individual role. And we'd take a client and die it out. And uh, that was, you know, we started growing that and it, It made sense for the market. But then in 2015, so shortly after really getting started, um, and you'll remember this because this was just like a couple of months of hell. uh, I had nine heart attacks in the course of 45 days. It was just always in the hospital. Um, in fact, one of those, uh, I'll never forget because walking around the neighborhood with, uh, cause I like to stay active walking around the neighborhood. I had a heart attack while walking in the neighborhood and one of the neighbors and our dog just found me laying in the grass. And I think that was the ninth, I think that was the last one. So probably why it's so impressionable. Plus it's the area in my neighborhood that I always drive past. Um, but nine heart attacks and, and really it's kind of like, they call them heart attacks, but they're really these heightened tachycardic states. They couldn't figure out what the hell was going on uh, because my blood pressure was fine. All my other vitals were fine. The cardiologist really couldn't figure out what it was. And so they kept going in the hospital and I'd have these weeks in, weeks out. um, And ultimately, they found that my thyroid was having uh, was was kind of stuck in a hyperthyroidic state, causing my heart to function poorly. And so they decided that they were going to take my thyroid out. But then they also started discussing having to do a heart transplant because the damage done to my heart was so bad. Um, That's scary news. Yeah. And I mean, you think I was uh, 32-ish at the time. And so I started doing my research and recognizing that, you know, the average heart transplant, you know, individual has some form of rejection in the first couple of years. The average heart, now technology is getting better and whatnot, but you know, you're talking about 10, 15 years, you're going to need another heart. And and I just didn't want to start that cycle. Uh, and I could be, I could be completely wrong by that. By now that, you know, like I said, the advancements in medical uh, technology is, is moving faster than most other sectors. But yeah, I didn't want to take that chance. And I realized that I want to live a longer life than that. And, and the rejection, I already know that my body rejects. Uh, things like my valves and things like that. So we just kind of held strong on the idea that we could fix it, you know, with medicine. We did the thyroid surgery. I went on recovery. Um, unfortunately that's when, uh, we wound up slowly, but surely shutting down modern Renaissance marketing. I went and took a job with a friend's company for a number of years and um, during that time, I had uh, in 2017, this was uh, about two years later, um, while working there, I actually wound up having uh, two strokes in the summer of uh, 2017 and wound up back in the hospital and they found that there was a hole in my heart. And so they went in and did my sixth heart surgery to close that hole to prevent any more strokes. Um, And so I've had these like micro strokes throughout my life, uh, but these were two of the more significant ones that kept me, you know, out. um, And and one of them happened obviously while I was driving um, on the highway, which I was luckily able to get to the, uh, to the side of the highway and get help, but uh, very scary. And so, I started, you know, my process of healing with that one. And it was a very, very brutal healing process. Um, I remember it being about six months of recovery, even though it's something that should have been a lot easier. So they did the surgery through my cats, but um, I wound up having um, like hematomas develop at the entry ports of each, uh, you know, in each groin. And during that surgery, um the anesthesia didn't work. And so I was awake for the whole surgery.
1: That is very traumatic.
0: Yeah, so they couldn't get me completely under. So I was in that semi-twilight-like state but um they couldn't get me to go completely under. So what would normally be a couple of hours wound up being a very long surgery because every time they'd make a movement they were in, you know, I would flinch and move and they would have to, you know, they literally had two uh, nurses, uh, this this really big guy who just literally for four hours sat there, bear hugging me down to the table. And then this other nurse, bless her heart, just like kept wiping away my tears and like cold compress on my head and. Um, because my blood pressure was tanked so low, they couldn't give me any more medicine. They were already in there, and then I'm obviously reacting very poorly, and so that caused a lot of physical and emotional trauma uh, to what would be a normal procedure. Um, so that made my recovery uh, that much that much harder. Um, and then you know the hematomas in the uh, the injection sites that didn't seem to quite heal. Um, but I you know got back on the horse. And and that's kind of like my point is during this whole time, I'm fighting like, you know, these are a lot of things that are coming at me, but this is the time of my life where I really feel like I'm starting to to really come to who I am and really recognizing uh, that, hey, there's the strength here There's something that's got to be done with this. Um, And I think in 2017. I started speaking again. I started doing my talks on my, my, my journey, my health journey. Um, and then in 2019, um, I was working, you know, at this company, I wound up, uh, leaving my friend's company and facing, uh, this, uh, my heart started having some blockage again. And so I knew that I was going to be going down for the count again. And I decided to take a leap of faith. I knew that I was not going to be able to do that level of work with them long term because it was, you know, a pretty time consuming job. And so I took a leap of faith and I left there and I started um, our media company at that point in 2019. And then had surgery, you know, this all happened within like 30 days of each other. Then I wound up having the surgery on April 1st, 2019. So my commitment, though, to myself before that surgery. Was I'm having the surgery and then everything changes. This is my commitment to me. I'm going to commit myself, commit to myself to recover the right way. I'm going to allow myself to heal. I'm going to allow myself to put that strength on display. And I'm going to start showing the world the warrior that I am, you know, like I've already felt the calling. I've already demonstrated my strength internally. I've already pushed through. I've already struggled and sacrificed and suffered. And I felt like April 1st, 2019, it was my opportunity to show up.
1: Well, you have a pretty powerful story and a pretty important message about, you know, faith, strength, not giving up. I'm sure there were times when maybe that crossed your mind, but you have to push that away and you have to find the strength to push through that. It's only natural at some point when you have a lot of when you have a lot of health problems, when you have a lot of stuff going on in your life to say this is too much. And and that thought to enter of quitting, that's only natural. We shouldn't beat ourselves up for that feeling. But your story is so powerful because it gives people the hope that even when they have those moments, you can still push through and be a warrior, come out on the other side.
0: Yeah. I think the key is So I'm a big fan of like the Instagram S quotes. And so I started doing a lot of these like quiffs real quick. And I think one of the ones that I made years back is uh, there's no U-turns on a one-way street, right? You find ways to keep going forward. You just maybe need to slow down. You don't need to go full speed. You know, you can, you could pause, you could take a break, you know, you can get over on the rest area whenever you need, but, don't backtrack if you don't have to, um, and I think that's key. So I had this surgery. This is my seventh heart surgery at this point, point. and there's blockage in the you know in my heart, and so they go in to try to do a stent, and they do the surgery, and it was a quick surgery. They wake me up and they were like, "We couldn't do anything. the The ventricles that were blown out were." so abused that there was nothing that we could do. So at this point, you know, we can try it with medicine. We could try something a little bit more invasive down the road, or, um, you know, this could be the beginning of a need for a heart transplant again, you know, or, or, you know, this, this will be that thing that keeps you in and out of heart failure. And I said, nay like I've always done a really good job of holding up my end of the deal. Right. And so again, I said this last week, the doctors are always going to do their part. Um, God, the universe, mother nature, whatever spirit is out there, they do their part. And then I will do my part. And so I got out of this surgery. It's like, I woke up. And I woke up um, healed in the soul. Like my my heart, they told me like nothing changed in your heart, but I woke <laughs> up. Um, I woke up with the warrior. I went to bed, Michael, the uh, maybe timid, maybe the, the a little fearful, and I woke up, Michael, the warrior, and and, and that's been alive ever since. Um, and I want to just kind of share with you. So I'm stubborn. I'm stubborn as fuck, actually. And so
1: <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: part of part of my vigor is you know this is me for me. And and I know I've talked to you about that a lot like when I create content on TikTok, when I put things out there, that's like my diary. That's me talking to me and then everyone gets to hear it. Like this is me right now. I'm literally looking at my Zoom camera and I'm like talking, you know, talking to the to the to the I guess the future metaverse, I don't know. Um but you know, this is for me, this is for you, this is, you know, us, and then obviously anyone that's listening. Um, but I decided that I was going to test the limits of this warrior strength. Just how far does it go? And that was my challenge to myself on April 1st. Well, two days later, I did my first podcast interview ever, and um, it's really cool because um, I'm actually becomes friends with um, the guy who runs the podcast. And we talked the other day and we're going to get him on as a guest. Uh, so he runs a podcast called Battle Tested, which is all about people with motivational stories who just push forward. Uh, so he will be uh, on our show at some point. Uh, I think that'll be a beautiful full, full circle moment. Um, I wound up climbing Mount Mitchell. A couple of weeks after surgery, nine miles to the top. <laughs> uh, I round up about a month and a half, two months later, ran my first 5K Rugged Maniac Tough mutter. Um, I started reading a book a week for about a year and a half. And a month and about a month and a half after that surgery, my daughter came to live with me full time.
1: I know that was very exciting and a, and a huge achievement.
0: Yeah. So you think about like all of those things in the, in the backdrop of another tragedy and it's perspective, right? It's yes. I, you know, it's like that meme that I love. It's the, you know, the house is on fire. This is fine. Everything is fine.
1: (laughs) I love that one too. It's not
0: (laughs) ignoring the fact that you're in a firestorm it's recognizing the fact that you are in like flame retardant material. You can't catch on fire. It's fine. You can walk through the fire cuz you're not going to get burned, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to get turned up.
1: It's a good that's a good point. It's a good way to look at it.
0: And so I acclimated to healing, to becoming this warrior, to to all of these things, to really committed to finally showing up. Um, I, I'd done this, you know, bits and pieces throughout the years, but this was like the time in my life where I was like really feeling it. Like those stories of you're not good enough out the window. You don't deserve love out the window. You don't deserve success out the window and stuff like things just started to really feel, uh, I started to feel alive. I feel, I felt like, all right, this is who I am. This is, this is living. And that segues us into <laughs> 2020. You know, uh, so I've never been afraid to work hard. And going in 2020. <laughs> Me either. Uh well, it, you know, 2020. I mean, I was, you know, running the media uh-huh. company. I was bartending, driving Uber and Lyft, doing these hide sus- side hustles, and like learning how to be a attentive full-time dad. You know, so there was a lot going on. I started my art career. <laughs> like, I mean, there was just like, you know, I juggled, but I was also extremely exhausted. And so, my daughter, who is in a lot of ways my saving grace, um, at the beginning of at the end of 2019, she said, "Dad, wouldn't it be great if all you had to do was the thing you love doing?" Oh, like, talk about out, what out of the mouth, fracturing your heart, right? And so, <laughs> I was in a position that it was somewhat feasible. And I said, well, if I go all in on the one thing that I care about, it's possible. And so. At the beginning of 2020. I said, well, let's see how far we take the media company thing. And then the lockdown happened and every contract that we had signed really like, I think you remember, like in March, we had five contracts that we were about to close on. And one by one, the phone calls came that they could no longer satisfy that contract. Yep. And so we as a team sat there and said, well, we're out of business too, in a a sense. And then we made a bold decision, which I think speaks to really the true warrior in all of us and everyone on our team um, when we decided that we were going to give our marketing services away for free. For, and really, I think it was just like, we're going to do this for the foreseeable future. And we did that. Uh, We did our weekly Vantage Point show, YouTube. We gave businesses, uh, I think we started with the bars to recognize that they, you know, were still struggling and how you could support them. And we started putting highlights on other businesses. And we did it in a way that just, was so natural and it was not salesy. It was not, you know, promo. It was, Hey, these are, this is, this is what the human side of this pandemic looks like. This is what life going on looks like. And we met so many amazing people in that
1: process.
0: And it was very
1: rewarding.
0: And really we got to start living into the warrior mission before it was even really a thing. Yeah. You know, we were definitely living into that idea of creating impact, living into the idea of serving and, and caring for our fellow man. And and I think that um, being in
1: service to others. Yes,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And so it was great. Um, and during that time, I remember we did a we did one of the episodes where we highlighted uh, these two fantastic women that have a podcast. Go check it out. The Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Um, Sarah and Jenny do a fantastic job. So we did a episode where we covered um their story their journey how they were you know making it through the pandemic and we just got to know them very really well and uh sarah is a fantastic mindset coach and a couple of months down the road her and i started talking and i started working with her and because i realized that i had gotten as far as i could in this process on my own
1: that's an important realization to make also
0: yeah and so, like, I would already done a lot of the, like, I can go climb a mountain. I can do all those things. But what I don't know how to do is put it all together in a sense of getting out of my own way. I know the story that I'm telling myself, but is it the right story? I know the work that I'm doing, but is it the right work and the right things that I should be focusing on? And just having that accountability. And so, asking for help and saying, I know that I'm on the precipice of something great. I just know that I've never been able to get there. And if I try to force myself there... Then I'm just gonna pause, set back, or give up or 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 something. And I don't want that this time. And so I found somebody that worked, you know, in alignment with me, and we started working together. And it was I mean, it was amazing. Uh, I wound up getting really sick, though, in twenty twenty again. They thought that I had COVID, then they thought I had long haul COVID, but by the December of 2020, I was I was having issues where I couldn't even breathe. And so that's when I went in for my first sinus surgery. And I was still having these issues though. I had a fever every day from I remember February of 2020 through January of 2021. And then um uh, In January of 2021, um, I started having these pass out spells. I started losing consciousness. um, And then one time I lost consciousness and fell down the stairs and got a concussion. And they couldn't figure out what it was. They just know there's these fevers. Now it's becoming somewhat neurological. Um, And then a couple of weeks later, I had a seizure at home. The ambulance came and picked me up. And then by the time I got to the hospital, I had another a massive stroke in the hospital. And that was uh, the end of January, 2021. So just over a year ago. Um, so I started seeing um, infectious disease doctors and they tried to figure, and they found that um, I had a rare brain disease. That. But it's as ironic as it is, like three weeks on a very strong antibiotic cleared up. But it just, uh, you know, it goes to show that like, all these things are going on in the background, but I'm doing all the things that I need to do for me. And, and I kind of want to just pause there because I think that this is like the turning of like, this is like now like act two kind of aspect because that was very much, uh, so I believe in spiritual warfare. I don't know if I always believe in like, you know, angels and demons and stuff. But I do believe in that aspect of some sort of spiritual warfare where, you know, you're going to be tested. You got to test your grit and you have opportunities to show up. uh, But if you have an opportunity to show up, then that's still the opportunity of failure. Uh, I have a fantastic relationship with failure because I think failure really is just an opportunity for more lessons. I don't think you truly fail unless you didn't lose anything or remember anything from it. But I say that to say is all through this process, there's all these things going on, but things are always going to go on, you know, every day, you know, like I woke up today with a headache. Does that mean I just don't wake up and do the podcast? I, you know, I, I have days where I'm just like, I mean, I'm still struggling with COVID fatigue. There's days where I don't want to wake up at all, but you still get up, you still go forward. You find that strength because when you commit to something that matters enough to you, you find a way.
1: Well, and also there's the fact, right, that no matter how you feel, no matter how sick you are, no matter what's going on, life still goes on. Life doesn't just stop because you have a heart problem or because we get COVID or Um, Any of these things that happen, life doesn't stop. You still have children to take care of. You still have business commitments to make. And yes, people are going to be understanding if you're having a health issue, but your bank account (laughs) isn't going to understand. You still have bills to pay. You still, like I said, have children to take care of. So even though you're struggling with all these things, there's also that mentality and that acceptance that life still has to go on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I use this as an example uh, because I love the fact that we as individuals, we can do impossible things. So I had a stroke in January of 2021. In February of 2021, I was walking around on a cane. And you know, cause I'll have these strokes and it really takes it out of me and it brings back some of that paralysis. It makes it hard to re uh, reignite those nerves. I launched warrior um, of impact in February of 2021. While walking around on a cane still, you know Um I back in December of 2020 is when I started the, you know, the TikTok campaign behind it of, you know, let me just start being vulnerable online and see what happens and backtrack a little bit. November of 2020, I created a post for the media company about now is the right time to be on TikTok. We kind of laughed about it. And, you know, the idea was, okay. well, let's put our money where our mouth is. And so I've always had this idea of a vulnerable CEO account. The idea being that you are transparent, not just showboating. Right. I use this example. I'm going to make 10 sales. I'm going to make 10 cold calls today. And then what happens is I make a cold call. They hang up on me or they call me a, a bad word and it crushes my spirit. So I go sit on the couch in my sweatpants. I order pizza and i binge watch something on netflix but then you post that you post that being your day because that i can relate to that what i can't relate to is the guy who is the first thing that i see is him riding a lamborghini like i'm all about i like nice things Lamborghinis are nice. I've seen a couple. I've, you know, I've had the chance to like ride in some fantastic cars. I've had the chance to drive some nice cars. If you really want to impress me, show me the 5 a.m. workout. Let's celebrate that. You really want to impress me? Show me the, the hours that you put in to get that Lambo. To me, that is what I can connect with. That's real. And that's what I want to like- talk about.
1: Like I said earlier, it's those small steps that really can um, encourage and can help other people. No, this is the outcome we can get there. But like you said, we have to celebrate the small steps too. It's not just when you hit the when you hit the ultimate goal or when you arrive wherever you thought you wanted to go. It's every step along the way, and I think we forget to celebrate ourselves to say okay, you had a headache today. You could have easily texted me, called me and said, hey, I don't feel like the podcast today. Let's put, it, let's put it to the side. We'll do it tomorrow. And instead we say, okay, I'm not feeling 100%, but we made this commitment to ourselves and we're going to do it. And now you should realize and we should congratulate ourselves and celebrate that we were able to get up and start the day. And sometimes people forget that just getting out of bed is an accomplishment. Yeah. So if all you, you know, that's what the meme says is all you did today was get out of bed, celebrate that, celebrate yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think the, the current climate of, you know, like a lot of people are still working from home. A lot of people for the first time are working from home and it's still a big adjustment. You know, I've been... Working home, you and I have been working from home as long as we've known each other. I mean, at least eight years. Yeah. Easily. Um, September
1: will be eight years for me. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we've made that adjustment and there's a lot of things that we've had to learn along the way. There's a lot of th- things that we've done really wrong. There's a lot of distractions that we've had to learn to get rid of, but it's a process. Um, but I, I want to just go back to that because I started doing that on TikTok. I started just being really vulnerable and just sharing from the heart, sharing just real. I just started hitting record and. Within 30 days, the account grew by 12,000 followers, and I recognized, yeah, this this coaching thing has to happen now. And so that was my beta test, really, for launching the Warriors of Impact, which then wound up happening, you know. And then obviously learning how, you know, in that process, I learned how to get monetized, how to start working with sponsors, how to really turn lifestyle into a brand and there was just a really it was a really neat experience especially the fact that i documented everything and really was able to go for that ride Uh, a lot of which we cover obviously in our visibility boot camp um that really kind of shows people that that process um well
1: it's one thing that we say again and again and that is that to. and we talked about this in our seven steps on our first uh on our first podcast, vulnerability is so important because I think when you're vulnerable, you're authentic and you're showing your true self. And I think people can always tell when you're being fake and then they can always tell when you're being authentic. And when you're authentic. People learn to trust you, they gravitate towards you. I'm sure that has something to do with why your TikTok grew so fast is because you were being vulnerable and you were being authentic and people really are attracted to that.
0: Yeah, I think case in point is last week's episode. When I get super emotional or get caught up in it, I tend to mumble and fumble and jump around with words and because what's happening is my brain is being flooded with the emotion While I'm trying to talk. And so I was listening back and there was parts of it where I'm just like, oh, well, you know, uh," because that's my my mind and my heart trying to process it as I'm trying to say it. And so I'm trying to edit it and I'm like, some of it's just got to come out. So that's why there's parts of it that sound very uh, well, uh, because I'm really trying to process process the emotion in real time, which is always hard to do.
1: Right. And we're still learning. You know, this is a learning process for us, too. We didn't we didn't wait until we were at the perfect point to start this podcast. We just said we want to do it. We're going to do it. And, you know, we'll learn along the way. And so I think for me, reading our transcripts is very valuable because I can see where we need to do better. Right. But but that's everybody. Nobody nobody starts from a perfect point.
0: Right. And And so it's not the goal. It really, right. Perfect is not the goal. I think, I think if anything it's uh, for me, you know, perfect's not the goal, but impact is, you know, if, if if somebody still gets something out of my mumble jumble, emotional mess, (laughs) uh, then that's the goal. It's, you know, did we, did we reach somebody that made them think something, um, Or feel something. Or feel something. Right, exactly. So I think that that's... uh, So where we are now uh, a year ago, I'm all about this, like, you know, the progress of growth means that you have to continue to progress. You know, and it's... uh, Again, with the, the taking it slow, slowing down when you need to, pushing forward when you need to, maybe shifting focus to some of the things that are... Um, right. do I think a lot of times we'll see this big sign in front of us and we realize that's what we should focus on, but we're so busy trying to look around it, uh, that if we just stopped and, you know, dealt with that, we can move to the next thing. And so I realized by March, um, out of, you know, when I had the, the stroke, when I had the seizure, when I was on, you know, bed rest for January and February, I got really out of shape. Like I gained a lot in those two months. And so I, uh, March 14th of 2021, uh, I was 209 pounds. And now for me like that, you know, I was just, but I was also like out of shape and sluggish. And so I decided that I was going to make that change. I'd done it before. I knew that a healthy Michael is a good Michael for me. Because that helps, right. like, you know. Because like my heart, my my energy, just all of it. And so I started this program, and uh, I got down to one hundred and seventy three pounds in eight weeks. So I lost thirty six pounds, but more importantly, I got that vigor, I got that lifestyle back, and I just started. You know, it changed everything. Like you know, it's it's look good, feel good, be good kind of like approach, and. It motivated me to start blending all of my worlds into one. And anybody that knows me knows that any facet of who I am is really all of who I am. Whether it's me as the hiker, whether it's me as like the inspirational, motivational speaker, the coach, the dad, the adventurer, the traveler, it's all me. And so what I wound up doing was giving myself a gift, and haven't really gone into a ton of detail, but we'll kind of give the 10,000 foot view of this Uh, last summer. You know, after really slowing down and really easing into this world of coaching, you know, I started working with a couple of coaching clients and started really developing the process into a uh, coachable function. Uh, My daughter goes to her mom during the summers, And there's this voice in my head that when it says to do something as (laughs) impulsive as it is sometimes uh when i listen to it things generally turn to be pretty good and it's always this weird crazy idea but i know that i'm a person of vision so like all the crazy ideas that we have that work you know are from the vision the ones that don't i'm not taking credit (laughs) up. (laughs) I'm joking. Um, But I decided a week before I was dropping my daughter off to her mom's uh, for seven weeks that I was going to take that time to go on an epic road trip. And I did not know what it meant. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew that I wanted to do something that was going to be for me. Now, I love hiking, always have. And I wanted to do something that was going to challenge that. And so I went out and got hiking gear, got my tents, got, you know, all sorts of equipment, packed up clothes for, you know, the equivalent of a month and a half. Dropped my daughter off on a Friday and set out on what would become 40 days of driving around the country, backpacking, hiking to the top of the most beautiful summits, seeing things that I never imagined I would allow myself or be able to ever see interacting with and meeting people along the way that restored my faith in humanity and, and one by one um, really living into these elements. And, th- and this is kind of, you know, the formula of, of being a warrior really came alive in this trip. Um, and I'll share just a couple of stories that really highlight what I think, you know, get us to the warrior of impact approach. So um, we talk about, you know, mindset being so vital. And I think part of mindset is also um, how we talk to ourselves. The conversation on the inside. Um, I was always a me versus me kind of person and and really thought that who I was fighting was some demon inside or, you know, I was fighting against myself and in resistance and I was able to, to kind of shed that and, and take it from me versus me and, and make it more of like a, an internal partnership. So now it's me and me. So the stories that I tell myself on the subconscious, on the conscious level, are in conjunction with my desires. And uh, I was in West Virginia and I was hiking down into the gorge, parked at the top, went down and it started getting dark and cold and I recognized I got to make my way back up there now. <laughs> and so I had my, uh, my headset in and I was listening to some music. Uh, I was always listening to some music or a podcast when I was, when I was out hiking and all of a sudden, um, it just got really dark and I got kind of scared and nervous because I recognized that I've got three miles to go, to the top. And it was a lot. I mean it was it was a pretty steep elevation. And so my headset kind of like messed up and it switched from uh, you know whatever platform I was listening to it on and it opened a YouTube video in my pocket or in my bag. And there's a voice that came on that I'll never forget and it said if you hear my voice that means that you have climbed out of every pit of despair you found yourself in. Now climb, warrior, climb. I've got chill bumps now just even saying that because <laughs> um, on my trip every single day, I had a message of total alignment with the universe. And that was definitely one of them. I know that there was nobody else. That, I'm the only person around, Hey, And it's, you know, but that became my mantra. And, and to this day, climb, warrior, climb. When you feel like you've given it all, give it a little bit more. How bad do you want it? Climb warrior climb. You're almost at the summit. You're
1: almost there. Climb warrior climb. And I did It becomes it it becomes like we again referencing our first podcast, right? Just every breath, every step, just say one more, one more breath, one more step. And eventually you'll get to the summit. You eventually you'll get there.
0: Yeah. And um, another time uh so I went out to the Badlands in South Dakota, which is easily top ten locations in the United States. It's it's so beautiful out there. And um I did Mount Rushmore, but was more important for me, I think just from like a historical significance of like when you actually understand uh, what happened up in those hills in the Black Hills, the Black Forest up there and you know, the how the, the land was was essentially stolen. Um, I wanted to pay my respect and homage um, to, uh, to the Native Americans that were up there. Um, and so I went and I met with uh, Lakota Indians and was able to hear one speak on the importance of us being a part of one tribe. And it was very much in the right place, right moment. But the universe brought me there to hear that because that's very much the spiritual quest that I was on. And I was able to um, have a very personal spiritual experience um, shortly after um, when I was down in um, Yellowstone. And I think that that spiritual essence of being connected with nature, being connected with ourselves, being able to converse... It opens the door for self-love. Because when you love yourself for your indiscrepancies, when you love yourself for the good, the bad, your desire, the drive, and really the connectiveness, when you realize that you are as connected to the grass as you are the sun, as you are to the air that we breathe, as you are to the person who you'll never meet on the other side of the world. That's a radiation of love. And, and, And anything else, I think, is not a powerful enough word and so in that moment i i really started to forgive myself there was a lot of tears shed on this trip and there was a lot of time i would just sit in silence um because i think we ask a lot of questions we ask big questions but how often do we shut the fuck up and listen for the answer <laughs> Not often enough. And that's what a lot of this trip was for me. I would just, I would go out and hike some of these brutal, I mean, we're talking to the top of 14,000 foot mountains. And there's pain, sure. There was a great sense of adventure, absolutely. But there was this heightened sense of spirituality and connectiveness and uh, this radiation of love through the whole process. Um, And then it, it was about challenging you know yourself and overcoming fears. I went and hiked down into the Mammoth Cave in Kentucky during a storm, and uh, the tracking lights went off because the power went out, and I was in pitch black dark down in this cave where I'm claustrophobic. Um, and rather than <laughs> you know, well, and rather than panic or fear, um, I tried to enjoy that silence and darkness for the beauty that it is. And what was probably only twenty seconds felt like an eternity of, of weightlessness and nothingness and, um, and I got through it. Does that mean that I want to do it again? No, but (laughs) it, it, it allows me to recognize that we are equipped to handle the things that we don't think that we can.
1: And sometimes, you know, facing your fear can lead you to beautiful places.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, so the last leg of my trip, I decided to, uh, because I was on, I was in the trip on my birthday, um, and I got to go see some amazing things. The day before my birthday, uh, I went to, uh, I was out in Houston, wow. the, um, the NASA Space Center, which I'm a huge space nerd. So to be able to put my foot into a cast uh, print of Neil Armstrong, um, and, and I think that one of the underlying themes of this trip was um, the footprints that are left behind. So I think it's fascinating that I walked in the footsteps of so many people who are in front of me. I walked on mountaintops and ranges that, you know, great explorers walked across. I stood where JFK was assassinated. I stood where Martin Luther King was assassinated. I was outside the room where Elvis Presley died. I step put my foot into the cast of Neil Armstrong and went by where they launched the Apollo missions and down in you know into the Teton standing at the at the feet of giants and the top of Mount Evans and and you just can't help realize that you're part of something amazing in that. And my goal and my hope and my desire is that I can leave an impact on this world at some day my footprints matter to somebody else enough that they can, can take up that journey themselves. And so my last leg of the trip, I decided to do something that I've always wanted to do. And so I did 30 miles of the Appalachian trail from um, Tennessee into North Carolina. And at this point I'd been, you know, on the road for so long and hiking so much. Um, This was going to be a very exhausting um, couple of days, but uh, my first day was five miles straight up incline. Then I get to the top. Day two is about 18 miles of hiking. And the last four hours were in a torrential downstorm, like, Pour. like it was the the hardest rainstorm i've ever hiked in, in my entire life and it was so dark despite the fact that it was midday um i started to disassociate i literally started to almost lose my mind because it was freezing cold in the middle of summer freezing cold and i was like this is this is what hell is like this is pushing that boulder up the mountain. This is what, this is it right now. Like I'm dead. (laughs) Like I died in my sleep and this is, (laughs) it it was that much of like a mental strain. It was like every ounce of energy and with tears coming down my face, soaking wet with water in my boots, screaming at the top of my lungs, climb warrior climb for four hours. I had no voice by the time I got to the top. (laughs) And when I got to the top, I got, there was, uh, so on the Appalachian Trail, they have these, um, these shelters. You can camp in the shelters. And so that's what people do. They go in there. You can just bring your book bag. You don't have to have a tent. You just go in there. Um, There was this couple there. They embraced me. And I was talking about my trip and I said, I started to define what I found and and I was like, I found God through this process. You know, God is this this energy, this spirit of connection. It's the experiences, it's the message that answers back even when we don't even ask the questions. It's the awareness. It's the forgiveness of everything that you were, are, and ever will be. And I wanted to a little bit more personal details with them in, in that time and they started crying they looked at me and they said, we've never heard God explain like that. And it makes complete sense. Thank you. And then they went on to tell me that they've been pastors for 20 years. And the significance did not fall upon me until the next day when I realized that that next day I was hiking out uh, to finish up. And I was beaten up. And now, before I would set out for this, me and the park ranger had set up this trail, and she's like, "If you're real, you know, really into hiking, um, you need to go down this trail to get out. It is lightly trafficked; nobody ever goes on this trail. It's quite literally the road less traveled, and it's an old um, miner's trail. They would use it to uh, cart down supplies and up and down the mountain. It's an old riverbed. So I'm going down and." loose rocks and my knees are just banged up. And then one by one, I started just seeing waterfall after waterfall. And it was as if it was God's gift to me in that moment. And like a little child, I'm already soaking wet. I just started walking through the water and I was full of joy. And I mean, five foot waterfall, six foot waterfall, 30 foot waterfall that I'm just like, immersed in. There's no way in, no way out, except for these waterfalls and me. And for for six hours, I just made my way down. And as I'm exiting down, like, you know, kind of coming up towards being able to get off the uh, trail, this message of, you're done, you can go home now, just resonated with me. And it's almost like a voice whispering, like, you found what you needed to find. And... I get off the trail, I get my car, and at that moment, I realized that that was the end of 40 days, which that significance obviously holds a lot of weight from a spiritual sense. But in 40 days, I was able to live in and transform my mindset in the way that serves my mission as a warrior. I was able to tap into a level of spirituality that gives me a level of wholeness of relations with the world around me and the people around me. And, um, I certainly had no shortage of adventure. Um, and, and self-love, like, I think I remember talking with you and Radhika, like, as soon as I was like, I am so in love with myself in the most like non-superficial way. Like this is unreal. I've never like thought that self-love could be like this because it's eternal. Like I love me before I was even a thought because I, love the energy that is around that process of of my creation um certainly was visible and and putting it all on display and allowed myself to be vulnerable in the process by sharing it and after getting back and and hearing the stories of the people that followed me along i know that there was impact and and so that trip was me being able to say this is years of putting this together and trying to figure this out and This was this was my grand way of putting it on display and and putting it out there. And. Ever since then, you know, our our business as a whole of. um, You know, the Warrior of Impact brand, the you know, our group, the clients, um, we are now able to serve them in a way that I don't think I could have without that trip. You know, and and I have to thank you and the rest of our team for, you know, making that even a possibility for me to be able to go on a trip like that, which is fantastic. Um, But it sets us up. And now not everybody is able to go do 40 days or, you know, even even a week away. But I urge you to find some time for you to do that discovery. That's why I, I say, you know, these elements are so important. And if you can find ways to, to bring them all to life at once. Um, there's not a lot of time. Like I don't really believe in shortcuts. I think the shortcut is doing it right the first time. So you don't have to redo it multiple times. But I think if there ever was a shortcut, the shortcut would be to find something that you can live into all of your elements at once and allow yourself to be immersed in it. A weekend away, a retreat type approach Um, which maybe we'll have to do something like that in the future to an immersive warrior weekend or something. But I think that that, uh, you know, is that, but we can also find ways to live into that in our daily lives Um,
1: because I know you can just, you can just start by giving yourself five minutes a day. Just say, I'm going to give myself five minutes today to just do something. I want to do something I enjoy. And once you get comfortable with that, just start increasing it you know and it can be simple something as simple as morning meditation or you know just doing something for yourself where you can really embrace just just being with yourself
0: yeah and i think it's uh it starts with doing things with intention you know are you are you moving towards the purpose um you know we have uh, a lot of resources and things, and and maybe what we can do is uh, I can I'm I'm good with offering something like you know if you want to find your your kind of place in the world or whatever, uh, reach out to us and and I will send you our um, warrior mission statement. You know uh, I would happily be able to do that. It's something that we offer to our um, you know, I do it with all of my coaching clients, we do it with our visibility members. But if you are looking to get started, or maybe don't even know what you want to focus on, or what you're passionate about, or where your purpose should lie, uh, reach out to us, send us an email, you can send it to um, podcast at warrior Or you can go to warriorofimpact.com and send us a message from there and just say you would like to request a warrior mission statement and we will send you that and you can get started on determining what your warrior mission statement is and and what you You can
1: also join us in our facebook group warrior of impact um, where we try every day to really offer motivation inspiration we offer all kinds of things to you know, from branding to inspiration, motivation, um, educational, inspirational. So, if that is something you're looking for, and then you can also contact Mike or myself, directly through that group.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's a it's a growing group. We've got a 800 amazing warriors, uh, and and there's obviously the support aspect of that, and and you can find that as well uh, if you go to warriorofimpact.com. Just click on the tab that says "Join Our." tribe and uh, you'll get access to it um i think that was another fantastic uh breakdown episode and i'm excited because next week we actually have uh our first guest uh, we'll be interviewing um beth hess next week and we're going to be talking about uh, the power of words which is going to be fantastic and then i think we've got we've got a quite a number of amazing guests lined up for, for the next month or so. So uh, the best is yet to come.
1: (laughs) We're very excited
0: about this. So. All right. Well, I hope you all have a fantastic rest of your week and we will see you next warrior Wednesday. Hey, Warriors, it's Michael. And I want to thank you for listening to the Warrior of Impact podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your favorite streaming platforms and leave us a five-star review. For more information, check out warriorofimpact.com.